Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 383. Today is August 11th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at VestableWealth.com. Well, hey, how about this rise in the stock market? Things are advancing even quicker than I thought they would, although that's not a bad thing. As I mentioned in a previous episode about how I explained how investing is like paddling a canoe, we had way too many people that were leaning over the bare negative side of the economy and the stock market. They're way too concerned about inflation, which, as you've heard me say before, we saw things like copper, oil, gold, 10-year treasuries, all peaking back in March. So to me, that never looked like inflation was out of control or out of hand. And so with the release of a decreasing consumer price index, you know, everybody's all enthused and they're piling back into that canoe, leaning towards the other side, rising the prices and the valuations on all the indices. Now, while things are rising even better than I expected them to, I'm not concerned at this point because we have come far enough that from a statistical historical standpoint, it doesn't mean it's 100% certainty. But based on prior history, with the retracement that we've seen so far, which is in excess of half the distance from peak to trough, there's very little, if not any, chance that the S&P 500 would drop all the way back down to its previous low, which was on June 16th. Now, hear me correctly. I'm not saying that the S&P 500 isn't going to drop from here. But what I'm saying is, statistically, to go all the way back to the low, which I think was somewhere around 3,600 that was put in on June 16th, to retest that low is pretty much statistically impossible. Now, of course, if some black swan event or some externality were to come in and influence the market, that would change everything, right? If, if Texas starts firing nukes at California, then that would be a game changer. But right now, status quo, with the existing fears and present dangers that we know of, it looks with a great deal of assurity that June 16th was the low. The performance of the market in the last week or so has been even more impressive given the fact that the stock market almost, I'd say, 100% shrugged off all the hysteria about the war games, you know, going on off the coast of Taiwan and Nancy Pelosi's visit there and all of China's threats. I mean, pretty much, that was a nothing burger to the stock market. That was very impressive. And when these scary headline news or other bad news comes out and the market either doesn't go drastically down or continues to go up, that's a very good confirmation that we are in a very solid and firm rally. Again, doesn't mean that things won't pull back, but if they do, I would continue to look at those as buying opportunities as long as corporate profits continue to perform well. And that is the whole bottom line of why the market has recovered so well. It's because as these announcements of second quarter earnings came out and companies gave guidance on third quarter and even into earnings for the next 12 months, the earnings are substantial. Now, they are declining in overall percentages. So analysts are going back in and reducing overall profits, I think, I don't know, 2%, 2.5%. And remember, that's not a top-line number. You don't say, well, you know, we were expecting 7%, and now we're going to reduce it 2% down to 5 That's 2% or 2.5% of the forecasted number. So if corporate profits were expected to grow at just say 7%, and they're saying, well, we're going to reduce that by 2%, 
then that means that profits are only going to go up like 6.8 or 6.9%. They're still going up. And that's exactly what we're seeing, you know, specifically in second quarter. So many people were worried that with all this inflation, corporate profits were going to be drastically reduced. And they haven't been. On average, and this is with the vast majority of companies reporting, I think the number is still at about a 6% corporate profit growth rate. Now, again, that's a slower growth rate than last year, but last year was a record corporate profits, you know, the highest we've ever had in the history of humanity. So a reduction in the rate of growth is still growth. That's why I've been keeping my head over these past, you know, five or six months as we've seen extremely high volatility, a lot of downward movement in the market, a lot of externalities coming in like Ukraine invasions and freezing Russian assets and and the gamesmanship of sanctions on oil or the curtailment of the flow of natural gas or, you know, wheat not getting out of Russian or Ukrainian ports, all these things that weren't previously factored into the market as we came into this year, that has been a major black swan impact on the market. But you see how well the market has recovered because, again, existentially, the total negative impact on the U.S. economy is significantly less than what it would be on the economies in Africa or the Middle East or even Central Europe. And the fear of inflation was way overbaked because we saw those key commodities, those market indicators like oil, gold, copper, all peaking in March. And then in the following weeks and months, you saw other cyclical type commodities and industrial products, you know, things like steel, ore, cement, lumber, all those prices peaked as well. And so it should come as no surprise to anybody that the consumer price index on inflation is coming down and the market's all excited about that. And hey, by the way, aren't we lucky? Our politicians are passing an Inflation Reduction Act and all that legislation is going to come about long after inflation peaks. Again, the bottom line though is corporate profits are holding up And if you look at the projections, even though they've been reduced, but if you look at the projections over the next 12 months, the valuations can easily support an S&P 500 above, and I would say even significantly above, 4,300. Now, at each level of about 50 points from where we are right now, so, you know, 4,250, 4,300, 4,350, 4,400, all the way up, every little increment of 50 points there's going to be overhead resistance. I talked about in a previous episode about overhead support occurring when all the people that panicked and they said, you know, if that price ever gets back, if it gets back to where it was, I'm going to sell. It's the get back sellers. We're going to see those levels of resistance at each of those 50 point increments as the S&P climbs this wall of worry. So don't be surprised to see resistance in a pullback The thing to watch will be how far does the index pull back and to what degree of shares trade hands during those pullbacks. Again, I remain cynically optimistic because just as resistance acts as a barrier when the market goes up, it also acts as support to put a floor under current prices to prevent the market from dropping significantly. And while there is all this overhead resistance, We now have some very, I would think, reliable levels of both horizontal support and also long-term moving averages. And speaking of long-term moving averages, if I get a chance, my plan is maybe tomorrow or over the weekend, 
I do want to put up a chart that shows both the S&P 500 and the small cap index and how they very reliably have dipped down to their long-term moving averages and have bounced off of those averages. So hopefully in the next day or so, I'll get that posted and up over at investablewealth.com. I want to end today's episode by issuing a little bit of a warning, or at least a caution, and that's to be very careful with speculative trades. So the meme stocks, the stay-at-home favored stocks, the worthless NFTs, the questionable special purpose acquisition companies, all those types of investments that had great stories, but little to no profits or way over-exaggerated expectations, you would best be advised to be cautious of the rises in those type stocks because as we do transition and we've moved from, you know, the shutdown pandemic economy to the artificially stimulated reopened economy to the post-pandemic inflationary economy, and now we're going to be shifting again into whatever the new long-term trend that will eventually emerge. And if history is our guide, then the new leadership that takes us into whatever this next long-term trend is going to be, well, that leadership, those stocks, will most likely be different and probably very different than the leadership from the previous rallies. So just like when we were in the pandemic, stay-at-home favored stocks like Peloton or DocuSign or Teladoc, they went hyperbolic. And then as we've gone post-pandemic, we've seen them collapse and things like oil and energy stocks go on to become the best leadership type positions in the market. Right now, there's a tug of war going on between things like energy and the old meme stocks and then the traditional fang type stocks. And we don't know what's actually going to break out and be that leadership because there's still a lot of uncertainties out there as to how we go into 2023 and 2024. I think a great deal of that will be impacted by what happens in the midterm elections as well as what happens with some other international markets. And then finally, also, how all the efficiencies either shake out or don't shake out as the economy is fully post-pandemic. And I mean things like, you know, to what degree do workers return back to the office? To what degree do we see commercial real estate office space, uh, you know, on their occupancies in these major cities like Manhattan or L.A.? And a lot of these factors are also predicated on the workforce participation rate and to what degree any of the people that are in their 50s and 60s that prematurely left the workforce, you know, do any of those come back into it? And then the immigration status of both legal and illegal immigration, you know, how many waves of immigrants either do or don't come back into the country over the next year to 18 months? Lots of factors right now that we don't know for sure. But what we do know is that those overhyped meme stocks and stay-at-home stocks that either have no profits or very little profits, that fundamentally those stocks are not sound, and even though they've recovered here recently along with the general market, I would advise you to be extremely cautious because, again, from a historical perspective, statistically, leadership is going to shift and it's not going to favor those stocks that have poor fundamentals. So just as the rug was pulled out on those stocks over the last you know, 6 to 12 months and you saw declines of 70, 80, 90% and, and now there's you know, been a recovery of some of that, be very cautious because likely the rug will be pulled back out from under that pricing on those stocks and it won't be any different than previous bubbles that have popped. You know, Think of stocks like BlackBerry, Pets.com, 
MySpace, etc. Over the long run, eventually, fundamentals matter. So be cautious. Well, hey, as always, until next time, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.